So you said that, I sound like a little girl. Yeah. You sound like you scared of the mic. So Tell them to kiss that bitch. You say you starting to sound like a little girl. Nah. Mm-mm. Dear basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding. My mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now, so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid with the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, Two. One. To my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out.
quote saying that he's definitely the best player in our league. Um, to me, in my eyes, the best scorer in our, in our, in our league. And it's, I mean, I don't know if it's, another, it's not another guy in this league that can accomplish some of the things that he's doing right now. Never take a day off. Get you at the top, put the key and get a chip. Baseline, FaceTime, tongue out like two, three. Even two, three, gotta love how to do me. Practice while you sleep. Practice in my sleep. Straight out of high school. The brackets ain't for me. Jumping over you like I got a man. Yeah, I fell. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm not even passing the phone. Attacking like a beat and I am starving for victory. Yes, yes, yes. Mastermind Podcast, episode, what episode? 85. 85. 85. Hey, who that is? I'm talking, Reggie, man. We got somebody new up in the building, man. You know, oh, yeah, man. Never knew. Yeah. Nothing new to it. Sound like a familiar voice over there. Hey, listen. Ain't nothing new to it. I always true to it. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, listen. Ain't nothing new to it. I always true to it. You know what I'm talking about? Right back in it like I left something. You feel me? 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 Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Y'all know what time it is. Know what time it is, man. Man, we um, we just want to take some time to talk about what everybody talking about right now, man. Um, uh, the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant, man. Uh, it's a big one, man, for the the world, man. Sports world, family, man, everybody <coughs> around the world, though. You you gotta feel this one, bro. But I guess um, the best way to say it is like um, it, you can't ever explain a tragedy, bro. Like it's. It's something you'll never be able to do. There's no excuse for it. You, you're going to always be looking for answers. The best thing you do is, man, just kind of try to accept it. I know it's going to take time. With time, everything kind of heals over. Can't really question it, man. It's just how life works sometimes. Man, listen, bro. I don't want to hear no comparisons. I don't want to hear um, no Kobe hate feedback. I don't right, want to hear bro. none of that bullshit. Yeah, this ain't the time for it. Cause yeah. it's deeper than that, bro. You feel what I'm saying? Like Big Homie lost him. Not only he did he lose his life, but he lost his, his daughter. Life was lost in the same accident. You feel me? Yeah. And like for folks to sit here and make this shit about him and Mike and all this all extra ass shit. Chill out. Just chill out, bro. It's a time and this place for all that shit. I don't want to hear about goddamn who the best. I don't give a fuck. You feel me? Like right now, you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm with the with the fan mourning the death of a legend. You feel what I'm saying? And his daughter, and and his and his conglomerates that he had on there, cause it was just it was more than just them. You see what I'm saying? So, um, definitely a big, a big, big, big. A big prayer go out to Vanessa. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because um, amongst all this, you see what I'm saying? She the one that's getting lost in the show. Yeah. Like. And, and um, just respect to everybody that lost their life in their crash, bro, because it was, it was all people that was helping with her, too. Like, the second act of his life was just, you could tell it was on a trajectory yeah. where it was going to be just as good as the first act. Like. Right. The, the man really um had a passion for what he was doing now. The same kind of passion you had for ball, you gotta know. Like we saw him play basketball longer than he had been alive before basketball. Right. He was seventeen when he came to the league. He played basketball twenty years. Right. That's legendary by itself, bro. Like 
With one team. With one team. Yeah, you don't see that too often. You get what I'm saying? Like, by whatever, you know, measure that you want to try to lay out the, your favorite player didn't do it. So shut the fuck up. You feel me? <laughs> right, just shut the fuck right, up. Right. Like, it, it, like the basketball talk, man, it gotta man, people gotta stop it. Yeah. Like, nah, it's black folk gotta stop this shit. Right. Every yeah. time we got legends and shit, bro, we gotta try to compare them instead of saying, man, both of them great. Let's just enjoy this shit and watch this shit yeah. and support well, this shit. Well, that's sports fan too, period, because we let ESPN do it to us. Cool. We, you know what I'm saying? It's, I'm a diehard Celtics fan. Right. You ain't going to find a motherfucker that's going to tell you Scrap had no kind of love for Kobe Bryant. Right. Even though Period. I, you know, I trolled I'm him. I'm a like, diehard I, I always ended this stuff with saying I got a lot of respect for Kobe. Though. Yeah. Like, who who would not say he was great? Like, you could say, I could say he had the most missed shots or whatever, but the man was great it's at what he did. Great. Like, it, there's no question about none of that. My whole thing is when, when you got it in your mind that you can't, more a celebrity because or, of what he did for a living. <laughs> come on, fool! Like only black folk do that shit. Like, bro, when when um John Lennon passed, bro, Kurt Cobain passed. Get what they people did? They mourn, bro. Yeah. yeah, like and they didn't know nothing but them records. Right. That's all they knew. And that's what people do. But black folk though, people man, people just they having a hard time with the whole like. It's, it's all the stages of grief, and, and then it's ignorant people, too. Like you said, people don't want to mourn, you know, a celebrity. I mean, we got people who know that, of course. But we been this man had an impact on more than <coughs> you, your family, and your community. That man had an impact on nations and stuff. Yeah. Man, he got Chinese people and want to play basketball. Yeah, you see, yeah, you see the, the, uh, the Philippines that built that court? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen. Above all that, though, above all that, we talking about a man passing away with his daughter, bro. Right. You get what I'm saying? Man, no final like, seconds. And man, like, come on, man. You can't. Like, you can't. As a daddy, bro, that got a daughter that I go and pick up every day from school, bro, that fucks with me. Right. That alone, that fucks with me, bro. Like, I go and get my daughter every motherfucking day. Every day that she's at school, I come and get her. You get what I'm saying? I go, I make sure that she get to the house. In that little bit of time frame, you see what I'm saying? Like, that little bit of time frame, I can be in the car accident with her, and I can't I can't be there to protect her the way I would want to be, be there to protect her. For a you get what I'm saying? As, 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 as fathers, as men, as brothers, as, like, this shit is so far beyond basketball, bro, like, you can't, you cannot do that. Just don't, don't tarnish the time yeah. talking about records and shit. Yeah, like, people, that shit, man, that shit old, bro. People having a hard time, like, trying to figure out where to go to with Kobe. Because, you know, like, when a, a music celebrity passes or something, you go to their music, go to their discography and find mm -hmm. comfort. So, people find a lot of comfort in, like, his later interviews he did. Because right. he didn't talk a lot when he was young. Right, right. He, he felt like the media didn't like him. They had a lot of criticism. And... Rightfully so for a lot of parties because he was young still. Like, people don't realize he was 17, 18, 19, 20, doing, you know, playing a professional sport under the eye of the community, bro. Like, a sports talk radio and all that, bro. Like, that's a tough thing to do. Like, think about somebody critiquing your job every day. Like, every little thing you do, 
own in off the job, bro. Like with the the topic of conversation. It's that's a hard like to live, especially for a seventeen year old, bro. Yeah. You'd have cried and gave up probably at seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> definitely probably would have done spazzed out. Man, wait a minute, juvenile. Definitely would have been on a uh, Malice in the Palace type situation <laughs> on some, some PJ Carlissimo type shit happening. You feel me? Scrap would have been out the league probably about a year or two. Easy. 17, 18, high-headed. Don't really want to listen to shit. You give me a couple hundred thousand. I got two houses and I own pals all in Grenada. You can't tell me shit. You can't tell me shit. Right. You feel me? You, like, that's... that's and Like I said, like, even like when I think about this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the people, the people that's affected by it, like the the families that's affected by it, like the last thing they want to do is get on Facebook because they gonna see the shit. They gonna make it seem like they don't see it, but they see the you can't get away from the, it. The, you you see the negative tweet. Like I seen one of them like fuck Kobe did for the black community. Man, come on, like, man, it ain't about that. Bro, like, out of all the time to say this shit, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, out of all the time to say this shit. Like, I know some diehard Kobe haters that want to pick that time. Right. To say some shit that's, like that. That's dumb, yeah. bro. Like, man, let's, let's just kind of, like, remember some of the moments. Like, what's your a moment that you hated a little about Kobe? That, for, like, that, that when he aired 40 that February. That yeah. when I, that's when I said to myself, like, this dude is the truth. And I was like, this, 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 it ain't no other way around. And as an opposing fan, you like, damn. And then I want to say the shit kicked off like, it kicked off on, like, my mom's birthday on the 2nd. So he scored like 47 the first. Then he played on my birthday and and scored like 49. I was like, damn. I was like, shit, this nigga might be on to something. And it didn't stop. Like, the whole month, it just got worse and worse. And like, then toward the end of when you got a couple like 37, 38, 39 points. But the whole month, you average 40 points. 40s and 50s on four years. And you was dropping it on folks like every night. And he had a broke finger. And then Boston was garbage at the time. But you could tell it was like that therapeutic moment for him. Hitting that court right then, bro. Man, that man. He was letting out stress on the NBA. That was, was, I tell anybody, that's my funnest COVID moment. Like, that was the moment that at the end of the month, once they broke down all the, you know what I'm saying, all the stats. I was like, yeah, this nigga the truth. Like, I, 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 I never be a Laker fan, but bro, I, he, he definitely all right. So, all right, there's a, um, <coughs> there's a self-proclaimed Kobe troller because I like Kobe, but I trolled a lot. Yeah, it was good for conversation, but um, I did my one of my first book reports on like a Kobe biography I got from uh, the book fair. Mm. So that one of my moments just remembering like it was it was he was a big deal when he came to the league. Like the seventeen year old hip hop kid, bro, he went to the promo Moesha. Yeah. Like yeah. it was a cool thing to kinda of talk about. So I did a book report on his biography. That's what's up. And then um eighty one points, big deal. Sixty points. Hey, eighty one score eighty one points in a basketball game, period, bro. You could have scored that. What, nah, uh uh-uh. <laughs> Look. Even without defense on the floor, bro, scoring eight one points, mm-hmm. it's, it's just there's a lot of shots to take, bro. And he did it though. Twenty two and fifty. That's the thing, like that's why I respect him. Twenty two out of fifty. Yeah. Well, no, that's the that was um. No, that's 60 the sixty point. That's the sixty point. Yeah, I about yeah. to say you did. Nah. Nah. twenty shots. Nah, it was <laughs> it, it was up there. 
It was definitely up there. But again, just the will to keep shooting it. I'm talking about Bro, do you know how cold-blooded you got to be, huh, to watch five or six shots break up? I'm talking about terribly. And keep shooting that joint? Right. <laughs> Even Mike didn't do shit like that. Bro, the alley-oop against Portland, bro. The alley-oop at the end of the game with Portland on. That's what spoiled lost that game, too. Yeah. That alley-oop hey. changed everything. Man, he crossed Pippin over. Pippin jumped way out there. I'm talking about he hit it with a simple one, too. Yeah. Like, and Portland made a bad decision by taking Buns and Wells off of Buns and Wells gave him problems. Buns and gave him problems. They put Scotty on him. And Scotty got tired. Scotty old. Yeah, Scotty. <laughs> Scotty was on the later end of this shit. Like, fuck no. That was like year 16, Scotty. He was putting die in his fro probably at that point. Yeah, like for real, for real. He was dying in fro, But again, though, they took Buns. They took Buns out of uh, Kobe. And they kept playing one-on-one with Shaq and Brian Grant. And that shit did not work towards the end. Uh, like, another so. moment, me being an Allen Iverson <coughs> fan, I couldn't stand Aaron McKee for the simple fact that's who I was held when they played the Lakers. And um, he caught the alley oop on Aaron McKee with his, with his ass in his face. Like, oh, okay. Then, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was like, come on, man. You got to yeah. jump with him or something. Yeah. You okay. should have not. You should. That was one of the few series that I felt like Kobe should have won. Won MVP? He should have won finals MVP. He a lot of people say they feel more like with the Pacers than they did with that. He did a lot of shit, like, especially, like, on the defensive end. Like, he played both of them motherfuckers. Shaq did Shaq, though. You already... Shaq, Shaq, he Shaq 32, was 31 points or something. 32, that something like that. Yeah. So, you feel me? Like, he did Shaq. But Bro. now, Kobe, he he didn't lack on that end either. So, Bro, 18-time All-Star. 18-time. 15-time All-NBA team. 12-time all-defensive team. 12-time all-defensive <laughs> team. 12-time all-defensive team. Listen, bro, hey. <laughs> the man is, he's decorated. Yeah. Got cheated like three times at the MVP. Yeah, he's, he's supposed to have about three of them. He's supposed to have, he's supposed, he got one, right? Yeah, one. They, they, the one he, the first year that Steve Nash won it, the, the one MVP he got is not even the one he really should have got. It was like they gave him that one on the back end. Yeah. Because he got that like 09 or some shit like that. Nash robbed, I think, twice. Tim Duncan robbed. Yeah, that Tim Duncan joint. I even go as far as to say that the one that, um, who the fuck won that year? 06. I'm trying to think who won that bitch that year. I think it was Dirk. Did Dirk win that bitch that year? Probably. They went some shit. I want to say Dirk won that motherfucker. Kobe's supposed to got he's supposed to have at least three of them bitches. I know for a fact. Like he couldn't write a better I know for story a fact. Over. Like, you couldn't write a better story for a kid. And the one that they did get to him, it was like, ah, we oh, fucked yeah. up. It was an off Like, yeah, we yeah. fucked up. And then, you know, Boston, they was hurt. <coughs> they weren't going to the finals that year. I think they, they uh, Orlando went that year. Yeah. That Kobe actually won that motherfucker. Right. <clears throat> and it was like, here you go, we forgot about you. Right. Yeah, we can't let you go with no MVPs, like, cause he's supposed to won three of them motherfuckers, fool. But they were big on that number one spot shit. Yeah, that was back when you had to be the you had best to be the top in the team in the league, the or the top at least the top ten in your conference. And you had to be number one score too. Yeah, they were big on it. Yeah. <clears throat> what D Rose win for then? 
Because they wouldn't tie so it changed. That's when they started. Okay, all right. Cause they were, I, well, I think they was number one. Now, they were number one in the East, yeah. but he didn't lead in points, rebounds, amongst was, point guards. But he was like Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> It wasn't. Uh, it, it, he was willing them to just rigor their head. LeBron was a monster. Oh yeah, LeBron been rocking. LeBron shit. was a monster. Let's not talk about LeBron the MVP thing because it's plenty of time he could just get it. Like, but they gotta give it to somebody else. Why? Because why? Because That's it, right. it, it, why? Just, it just a because. Thing. Like I, I can't tell you. See, but you, but you can admit. They your current. They your current one. Uh, you know that's all. He shouldn't want that. No. That. No, hell no, definitely not. He definitely wants to spawn the Especially the age you start laying in the finals area. Do, do you attempt, uh, you got D-Rose joint. You got the year that Giant Harden won that motherfucker. That should have been Braun. Braun should have won that motherfucker when Russell Westbrook won that motherfucker. That's, that's three. We looking at three right there. That's nine. No. How many he got now? Bro got what three on? Nah, he got four on. He got four on. Yeah, I know. I know. One year back to back with Cleveland and um Miami. Mm-hmm. He went back to back. He spoiled one them motherfuckers. He got four of them Jones and all. Yeah. Okay. Then so I'm trying to think what other year he got that motherfucker. Was that the year that he went to the finals against the uh, Spire? Like mm-hmm. caught me again because yeah. finals is like. Every year, you, cause you like back in the gap. If he went to the final, somebody got damn one. Yeah, right. Guarantee somebody, somebody. The MVP is playing in that. He didn't get it. He didn't win. Go to the finals the year the last year with Cleveland. He won MVP with Cleveland, but maybe he lost to the Magic. What, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Magic yeah. the team that took him okay. out. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. They well, they took him out bad though. Like let's, let's get back to Kobe. I'm we we going on tangent about LeBron. Let's get back to coach. I'm talking about the NBA and the fucked up ass MVP. They oh do, huh? yeah, we we gonna get to that in a minute too. Though we gonna make this section. But uh, okay, what else? like you couldn't write a better story though. Like he went, right. he got drafted by the Hornets. There was a kid that grew up wanting to be like Magic, wanted to play for the Lakers. Got drafted by the Hornets, and the Lakers made the trade for him. Yeah, like that's first. Do of you all, even remember who they traded? Vladdy Divac. Vladdy Divac. Oh, Everybody man. think it was Eddie Jones. No, Eddie Jones. It was Jones. not Eddie Jones. He played behind Eddie Jones two he years. Play, yeah, he played behind Eddie Jones twice. Fair. Exactly. Fair. Yeah, Fair. It was Vladdy. Oh, <laughs> Vladdy. Vladdy Divac. They got, they got rid of old Vladdy. Vladdy. Yeah, Vladdy got to go. Yeah. Vladdy, Vladdy was limited yeah. in his movement. Yeah. But he he made a statement back when he got with Sacramento, though. Yeah. And he... But he still lost to the team that got rid of him. Right. Like that was the crazy part. It came full circle for him. Yeah. So yeah. you had you had him to go. Dang, he got he got just think about this, bro. What if Cleveland? I mean Charlotte wouldn't have pulled the plug on their trade off. I was like, you know what? We're gonna keep we're gonna keep his other side. Man, do you know how monstrous, bro? That Charlotte could have been. He would have started right away for sure. Cause they was some hardcore niggas. Like they was a they was a different breed. Glenn Rice and stuff. You, you, yeah. Glenn Rice, you got um I think Grandma last yeah, couple yeah. years though. You had um, Anthony Mason. You had um Muggsy. Like they was some true green grind folk with Bimbo Kobe. Coles. They had Bimbo Coles. Hey, <laughs> listen though. But slide Kobe in that thing though. Bimbo Cole. You slide Kobe in though? Man, who named that man Bimbo? I don't know, man. It's the same thing I said about Bunzi. Like, <laughs> Bunzi. Yeah, like my dude. Bunzi. Bunzi. Like, that's Bunzi's real name. 
Mike, that is his real name, Bunzi. Papa Jones. Papa was so happy. Yeah, that was it. But you just yeah. thought he in the East. You playing lighter competition. Right. And well, you probably starting off the most. At that time, the guard position was hard in the East, though. But the East was garbage. East ain't never really been got Hell it. yeah, the Crazy. fuck, nigga. You tripping. Who? The East is bangers. They were bang. That's Bro, them folks got us back You come then. up dead in the first It's just the Mike East. made that shit look good. Bro, in the East, you come up. Mike hurt. made it look good. You would come up hurting the East. Man, oh yeah, most definitely. They bang. Yeah. It's real basketball. No, no that ain't jail ball. Bro, that is football. Bro, they bang. That is not them. it. So, hell no. And then, Kobe, he built for a toe. He was built for a toe. So, shit. Sliding them in there with the Charlotte boy, man, that could have been some. He but wouldn't, he wouldn't have been the, <coughs> that, that, again had, though. That they fire. needed he needed that fire. That, they needed the center, and he needed that fire too, like to come behind Eddie Jones. He feel he know he been to Eddie Jones. Like everybody say, he was cooking them in practice. But Eddie was motherfucking though. Yeah, Eddie, hey, let's not disrespect yeah, Eddie. Nah, but he ain't Kobe though. Come on, nah, he ain't Kobe. Either, yeah. nah. <laughs> but Kobe wasn't who we who we saw year five. And Kobe, like, at first, folks didn't see that. Because folks was looking at him like, but they, making a lot of bad shots. Yeah. Like. They, he did it through his career. Though. Like, there was his. And then he learned how to make them bitches. I'm going to take some turnaround, leg kicked out, leaning back. Like, I just hate folks be putting that, that, that asterisk on him because of the team that he was on. No, man. It, it's what it takes to be a champion, though. Like. Name a champion who had. Just because Shaq won them MVPs don't mean Kobe won vital, though. Right. Because I sat there and watched Kobe hit them shots. Buzzer going, the time running down. You that, feel me? The one he double pumped against the um, Suns on the, on the And elbow. then lost the next three shots, the next three games. Yeah, like, I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. I remember that. No, I'm talking about um, before then. That was Jason Kidd had to go with her. Oh, yeah, you talking about Chris Brown. Yeah. That when he was off the ninja <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about he yeah. had a game winner. He, he had a game winner in this series. That's the thing. Like, if Kobe shot a game winner, huh? if if the clock was going down, everybody in the fucking building knew Kobe was going got to hold your breath, bro. No and the crazy down. part is you almost expected him to make it more than you did him missing it. Yeah, because it was like, Cause he was known for hitting that shit. Yeah, it was like he gonna make the he lucky shot of the game. For, man, stop. Like, he he could go zero for twenty the whole game. He bro. gonna make the last yeah, shot, the very last shot. shot, bro. And ain't nobody else gonna shoot it. And everybody from row one to row one hundred and thirty one know that he finna get the ball. It was almost like he was tossing. And if that motherfucker came, do you remember the Kruma game when he hit that bitch on D Wade? Yeah, yeah. The, the cross right. the ran across the lane. Home. When he released that bitch. I remember everybody in Zach Howard, like, got quiet. <gasps> and that bitch go in. Like, damn, bro, we knew that shit. You feel me? It was like the crazy part then, bro, we knew he was going to make that shit. Any question or comments? No, I don't want to say nothing right to him, man. Yeah. Man, listen, bro. You got to be a different type breed, home, to go in night after night, ends fucked up. And go in that motherfucker with the mentality that ain't nobody going to stop you. Trace McGrady, my favorite player in the world, he would tell you his deepest competition was Kobe. Yeah. Everybody would, though. Like, AI. Kobe. Kobe. You feel me? Like, he set that ball. Like, that's that's what make basketball player legendary. Yeah. When other players say, man, that I don't care what you say about him. 
I know that nigga. That nigga the truth. Yeah. yeah. That would make you legendary. Yeah. Once your contemporary say, hey, you legendary. That's ain't somebody, no Hall of Fame. It that's somebody I regretted the garden. Like, night in, night out, you know this nigga gonna bring it. On both sides of the floor. And he might be having a bad night on offense. But he gonna D you up. You gonna have a bad night too. Even if he tired and hurt, he was gonna give it all on defense. And I just I don't I, I want to think about Kobe too. I don't I don't I don't like the story that he put out there about my man T Mac. Oh yeah, the one on one. Yeah, the one on one shit. T Mac said he don't remember that. T Mac don't remember that, yeah, bro. He, he denied it. You know, I'm yeah, talking yeah, he, he shot that joint down right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a competitor. Though, but again though, cause cause T Mac know if it was really on some one on one shit. You know what I'm saying? I tighten up a little tight. Yeah. But shout out to Kobe though. Like at least ain't too many folk. The story about um um when the Lakers lost that time and uh Louis had the Kobe's and shit. Yeah, so next, nigga, next my nigga, my nigga go take everybody's shoe. Yeah. <laughs> so they saw. See, that's the, that's the legendary shit that I like. I like that type yeah. shit. Yeah, cause <laughs> you, you saw. Right. He come in the he come in the locker room, he tell you, you saw. Him. Do something about it. Go and practice, bro, and, and, and play everybody in that bitch. You yeah. already in there shooting jumpers. Yeah. And they come up, they come scrolling down, I'm finna kick all y'all ass. I'ma like yeah. I am going to tell you what I like on um, like about two, three weeks ago he did the podcast with um Matt Bones and Steven Jackson. Yeah. And he was just talking about like the the myth and the legend of Kobe Bryant and stuff, man, how people kind of, like, made a mystique out of him. But he, he was just like a human, like a regular human being, bro. He was like, if I be tired before a guy, I go take a nap. Like, yeah. they were like, like, what did you do before the game, Kobe? Like, you was always, if I was hungry, I go eat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if I was yeah. sleep, I go to sleep. You're like, nothing more, nothing less. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Like, getting up early in the morning, he didn't do that, but it wasn't like he was getting up at, like, Two o'clock in the morning. Go to no. sleep at nine and get yeah. up at two. No, and they probably go to sleep at seven o'clock and get up early. Yeah, go to sleep at six. Go to sleep at six, seven o'clock. Get up five o'clock. Yeah. And go jogging. Yeah, that's that. But it was just a work ethic though, like doing it consistently <coughs> for a whole career. Twenty years, bro. Like with one he, jersey, he was doing everything everybody else wouldn't. One jersey, two and, that, and that's what scared a lot of players. They were made it mystical about him. Like even if I wanted to, I couldn't do what he do on a consistent basis, bro. Like. And like one of the biggest fears for any basketball player, you can ask any of them, changing their number and going from one number to another. And Kobe went from number eight to number twenty-four, and had them the identical like career, bro. Uh-huh. That's when that's when you know that's legendary, bro. Like, it, I, I can't I can't tell you the many time Kobe done. Had me pulling my hair out. Like, why would you do this and do that? Like, because on the silver screen, we playing them in the seven game series, and you busting our ass. Like, Ray can't do nothing with you. Paul Pierce acting like he not ate too many fucking Kit Kat. Man, <laughs> what? what, what? We we'll talking about Paul Pierce another day. Yeah, uh, because, because and then another thing is like, I I would personally like for them like. Them Celtics to come out, you know what I'm saying, to say some shit. Because I know it's real like bad blood between some of them guys. Yeah. Like it's some it's some Paul Pierce didn't want to get a man in props his whole career. For sure. Because you coming from 
You come from um blue collar Boston. You feel me? Well, every day you it's work. You feel me? Every yeah, day you gotta hear you lost to the Lakers too. Like, you see what I'm saying? Celtics cannot lose to the Lakers, bro. Bro, listen. Vice versa. But prior to them getting good, shit, the Lakers come up there and kick our ass all the time. Yeah, because yeah. Celtics had a long run. Of yeah. getting our ass beat to sleep. What is you talking long, about? I'm talking about a long sorry. So with that being said, you can all imagine the time that the Lakers and the Celtics playing on TNT, and I don't even want to watch this shit because <laughs> I'm knowing this nigga finna drop 40 on it, bro. Yeah. Like, and he made it his goddamn business to come to Boston and drop 40. <laughs> like, you got to every time you go. Bro, out of all these, you didn't do that in damn New Orleans. <laughs> Why the fuck you come where LP do this shit done? Then you know he got it. You feel me? But I respect him even more when we got good, he still dropped 40 on us, yeah. bro. You, you can switch out whoever you want them. Bro, the man made Ray... The man made Ray leave us, bro. Literally. <laughs> Literally, bro. Because he couldn't play defense and play back on uh, offense at the same time no more. Yeah. It was either. I got to do one of the two. These and, niggas and ain't got to play no defense. And he a robot. He in shape now. Bro. Ray Allen is in shape right now. If you that just tell you the beast that Kobe was right, then. Right. If you take a machine like um, Ray Allen, bro. Somebody that's in great physical shape, night in, night out, gonna give you a hundred percent, and you tear that nigga database up every night, bro. <laughs> every night. He tell that boy motherboard up, bro. Listen, no, we didn't know. We we didn't know. We put Big Babe out there on him, bro. Kobe started laughing. Like he go to doc. Like y'all gonna do this all game? Yeah. No, y'all ain't doing this. Right. This the finals, bro. We. This man got big baby up in here holding COVID, bro, because we lost. Paul Pierce already act like his leg done came off. <laughs> yeah, that nigga, man. Ray Allen doing all he can do, but he fought it. Yeah. He can't shoot the jump shot. I can keep a hand in favor, but I can't go there and shoot. Hey, man, shot. I don't think I can tell you, bro. It was been lots of nights. Fucking with that Celtic Lakers series. It was a lot of hair pulling. And it was all because of Kobe Bryant, bro. Then to see Kobe later on in his career too, like um, how he was he was opening up more to players and stuff. Like from the Achilles tendon thing on, really from the the, the USA team part yeah. on, really he started like trying to be more friendly with players, and they didn't know how to take it. Yeah, know? like they kind of threw him off. Like, what Kobe talking about? That what happened though with the greats. This mm -hmm. once you get secure with your legendary spot, I could be friends. now. Now I can open Kobe. up to you. We on the same team today anyway. Yeah. Now I can open up to you. <laughs> Just think about this, bro. If Kobe and Rondo would have been teammates in LA. That after what after what they done been through, bro. Yeah. Rondo giving the game running the point guard for Kobe. And Kobe giving this nigga game on how he like for the ball to come to him. At one point, yeah. he was saying um, Melo might be his best friend in the league. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was a weird, you know. And my man Melo, man, he had a hard time, bro. He couldn't even go he play. He couldn't even play like that. You get me? D-Wade, man. That was yeah, rough. Yeah, I think about, man. like I man, said, bro. Tyson Chandler, that was rough yeah. watching him, bro. And you know what's crazy? T-Mate. Like, I'm old enough now to... To let that kind of energy get on me, you feel yeah. me? Cause it used to be a time where I'd be like, man, bro, let me crying, bro. We ain't from, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I turn the TV or some shit. 
But nigga, I cried, nigga. I cried because I got a daughter, nigga, and I love her to fucking death. Man, I cried. I go around the world. I go all around this motherfucker with my baby girl attached to my motherfucking hip. You feel me? And to be in it and to see that, bro, to see that play out like how it played out, it hurt. That shit hurt, bro. Any nigga that any nigga that said that shit didn't affect him, bro, in no way, shape, or form, bro. He either ain't got no kids or he a deadbeat. Yeah. And just that simple, man. Huh? Aside of it, like <coughs> just it was COVID, bro. Like, yeah. Aside of it, like that and who he was, bro. It just just a sensitive spot, bro. Like, it's a, for especially for us, us young men, bro. We grew up with COVID, bro. Yeah. It was almost like a nigga you knew. Yeah, shout out to and, my guy, bro. Yeah, like, shout out to Timothy, um, Timothy Freeland, man. He said, "Love and sad about COVID." He said, "Shit, he flew to LA to see him." Uh, line. Say it's like a fan for life. You feel me? Like you can't deny these folks the opportunity like to I mourn, bro, because you want to be, you want to be, be tough, guy. you want to be relevant. Yeah, man, this Kobe, this Kobe Bean Bryant, huh? Like I said, bro, like you can never explain tragedy, bro. Like at the top of the show, that what I was saying. Like we are gonna forever be looking for answers. Even now they tell us what all happened to the helicopter, what all happened when we get the story. Yeah, it still ain't gonna be enough. It still ain't gonna be enough, bro. You you can never, you just can't question it. You gotta kind of just accept it at some point. But we gotta let this little week pass. We gotta get this out. You gotta go ahead and let it go, like get it out of you, because it's it's a big issue, bro. Like it'll be just like somebody right here in your hometown, pair, bro. Yeah, man. You man, listen, man. I, I commend any I commend anybody that's out there being a daddy, bro. Celebrity or not. If you out there you handling your business as a daddy, bro, I salute you. And to see someone lose their life being active in their daughter life, making right. sure that everything right. is straight for her. Like, bro, that's so heartbreaking, bro. That's a big then, deal, bro. That's like, a big deal. Bro, the first thing, bro. After everything happened, bro, like I left, I left the crib. I went drive, just riding around, you know, smoking, just something. like damn, like did they really help? Yeah. Because when I read, when I first seen it, it was a TMZ article, bro, yeah. that I couldn't yeah. click on. Yeah, it wouldn't let me click on. It was getting updated. Yeah. Okay, so bet I'm like, man, this shit might be fake. You might mm-hmm. be one of them all Hulk Hogan dead type yeah. shit. You feel me? And so I'm waiting on ESPN to drop. You feel me? So it, I took, it took them like another 30 minutes. Yeah. It took them was an hour. Yeah. We was I in the was, hood by the time they... they I was watching the uh, LSU uh, Tennessee women's game and then the TMZ before it came out like 30 minutes before yeah. Like then about the time the Pro Bowl started. That's when they started talking about it. Yeah. So in the process of driving, my mama called. was like, you all right? I'm like, what made you have me that? She was like, I seen the thing about Kobe, you know what I'm saying? You know? I had to get on Facebook actually just COVID. Nigga, I, I started crying. I tell her, I'm like, man, it bothering me. Like it making me because it was a report out that, you know what I'm saying, the daughter would. Yeah. She was like, Well, you know, baby, you know, uh, we've been through similar, you feel me? Like, yeah, but not like this. Yeah. You feel me? Like that wouldn't make it even work, cause in my mind I'm thinking it didn't get no worse than that. Yeah. It get a little tad worse, bro. Like, yeah, oh, I can't, oh my god, I can't bro. say it worse than big baby. Man, listen, bro. Like, the, the the being together the same day, dying the same day, bro. That shit is different. They died two days apart. This different, bro. They, they died together. This is different. 
Yeah. And but my mama can relate to that. Like mm-hmm. that would that would hit her heart screen. Like I can just all imagine what that woman going through. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Bro, we got to learn, bro. To we got to help each other. Right. We we cannot be this fucking malicious, bro. To where we can get on fucking Facebook and say some old bullshit like, "What the fuck, COVID? I did for the black community." Like, nah, that. nigga, it's, it ain't, that ain't hey, got Everybody ain't gonna live the way you want them to live, bro. Exactly, this is my point. That's what I'm getting to. We not gonna live the same. You not gonna live like me. I'm not gonna live like you. I'm not gonna do half the shit you do. You might wanna go to the Maldives. I like Bar Bar, you hear me? Yeah. You might wanna go to LA. I might wanna go to New York. It ain't gonna be the same. But at the same time, bro, if you giving out the same positive energy, I'm giving out, why can't I embrace you? And who to say what he did for the black community? Now he probably he. I'm guarantee you he got a music. whole damn mumble academy, right? Bro. He got a whole gym. Come you on. feel what I'm saying? It not even a gym. He got a whole staff, baby. Then, he then, got a whole staff. Then you got to think about all the young players he mentored. Like all these young black players he mentored. Listen, bro, from Luca to uh, Trey to um, Lil Dimwitty up there, bro. Him and Kyrie. He told Kyrie about the English and how to make that ball spin out that glass while he falling this way to make that joint go in because you don't want to rely on the referee to give you know mm-hmm. this Kobe telling Kyrie this you feel me <laughs> like this Kobe talking to him like he ain't had to do that like bro I ain't never played for the Lakers home huh? this Kobe coming up with LeBron now he he older. As far as on that USA team, bro, and taking D Wade and like, man, why you don't post up more? You feel me? Like, put that in your awesome. Taking Carmelo and showing Carmelo that quick one jab and cause Kobe was great at that. That that. Ugh. Come on, fool! Like, when you legendary, bro, that shit just drip off of you, huh? And bro, legendary. Is that what it is, man? That's what I mean, man. We're going to be back. We got a special guest coming up tonight. Y'all don't want to miss the guest we got. So, uh, for sure. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. O-V, holla from the motherfucking R-O-C. You got to You never take me alive. That's the stop. That's the, that's stay proper and they finest, huh? Stay proud of Listen, I don't give a fuck what Jay-Z is. I don't know Jay-Z ventures and shit like that. Right. But the demise of state property is probably the big black black out of Rockefeller. I don't give a fuck what a motherfucker said. You had the hottest label under your umbrella and you ain't have to do nothing. Just let them boys go. And them boys came over hot music. Uh did you ever have you ever listened to the Chain Gang shit, Volume One? No. Bro, it's two on. It's two on. If volume one and volume two. Hold on. What's the one with the gym two play for me? Uh, that's the one with that uh, the goddamn uh, once again this song. That's yeah. that's two. Okay. That's Chain Gang two. I see. I ain't heard the first one. motherfucker. Heard first. Oh my god, boy, stop playing. That's how you know that bad business existed though, long before motherfucker really knew about the problem with Rockefeller. Yeah. Just how they managed. The the state property is issue. 
They should have let motherfuckers know that shit from the crack. Delta with Dane. Shout out to my nigga Dane though. Dane goddamn predicted this shit precisely. Yeah. Y'all niggas gonna y'all niggas gonna love Dane one day. I love him now, man. That man be speaking the truth. Y'all niggas gonna love Dane one day. Hit him with this right to it. Podcast, we're back again. Man, why you sound like somebody drunk, hey. Uncle? Yeah, man, I sound man. like a radio host, man. <laughs> no, hey, gonna... we're back again, man. One time for one time. Yeah, we got a special guest in the house yes, tonight. Yes, sir. Very special guest. Way special than Scrap. Yes, uh, Carlos Moore <laughs> is in the house tonight. Yes, the sir. Attorney. We got the attorney himself, Mr. Carlos Moore. Mr. Mississippi, right now. That's what I call exactly. him. Exactly. For one, I want to get all the young kids a little glimpse into. You can be more than a rapper. You can be more than a basketball player. Here's no proof right here. Proof of the you know play. what I'm saying? With Mr. Carlo Moore being in here. We appreciate you coming Everybody through. Everybody give him a round of applause, Yes, sir. Man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so give everybody a little background on who you are, where you're from, how'd you end up here. All right. Uh, I grew up in Marsport, Mississippi on the Gulf Coast. Okay. Um, and I went to college. So I finished at Marsport High School in 95. Went to college at University of South Alabama, finished there in 99 in political science. Uh, went to uh, Florida State for law school, finished there in 2002. Uh, while I was in law school, I met my now wife, and she was going to Delta State, Natalie. She's a native of Grenada. Mm-hmm. Used to be Natalie Harrington, so uh, we decided to get married, and so I finished my last year of law school at Ole Miss while she was finishing nursing school at, at Delta State. And so I've been here since 2001. Um, mm-hmm. And I ended up getting a job with uh, Rusty Harlow and worked with him a few years. So I started my own yeah. firm. So, uh, but if it hadn't been for Natalie, I wouldn't be in Grenada. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, as far as your firm, how long have your firm been in Grenada? I left Rusty's office in 2006 and started my own. So we've been going on 14 years. We've been here. Oh um, man, that's so. awesome. That's dumb. So what was your first big case? The one that really broke you as a mainstream lawyer here in Mississippi like that? I think my first big case I started in 2006 in Jane. So I started in February 2006 on my own. In December of 2006, I got the James Marshall case. You may remember that was at the Greenwood High School student mm-hmm. who, um, black young man who, a white cop at the high school, put a gun out on him twice and it was caught on videotape. And so that that's, uh, case went statewide and regional. Uh, we had the video to proof and uh, we sued the Greenwood Public School System as well as the Greenwood Police Department who employed the officer and got that man a, a settlement. Uh, and from that day to this one, I've been doing police brutality, excessive force, uh, any type of case dealing with the police or the jailers, I've, I've been handling it since then. Yeah, I know uh, one of the one of the cases that I remember you um, handling was the, um, the Confederate flag issue. And mm-hmm. for you to be a black man and step up to that plate like that, like, that was, that was inspiring to see that. Like, what made you want to step in that fire and handle that as far as like them in the confederate flag i think in 2015 we saw that dylan roof had killed those uh individuals in south carolina 
mm-hmm. mother, a mother Emanuel. And so those nine individuals died uh, needlessly uh, because he was a Confederate flag sympathizer. Um, and I saw that we still had the Confederate emblem in our in our um, flag here in Mississippi. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, why should it take someone killing innocent blacks before someone does something? So I didn't want um, us to have some kind of sympathizer come kill all of us, uh, a lot of us in Mississippi. Um, and I felt it was very offensive, and I thought the, the temperature was right to try to make a change in our state. And so um, I felt that if South Carolina could take the flag down from their capital grounds, that we could take it out of our uh, our state flag. And so we filed a lawsuit against the governor after the, a lot of the bills that had been introduced in the legislature mm-hmm. had failed. And I said, well, our only hope is to try to go to the, to the court system. And so that's what we did. And we fought that fight for almost two years, from uh, the beginning of 2016 to the end of 2017. So we took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, they decided not to hear the case. Uh, And so uh, we're back to square one. So right now, we're left with the legislature even changing it, either changing it or uh, the people voting again. Right. Okay. I see um, your law firm. Like, how did it work? Um, I see you change the name to the Cochran Law Firm. Yeah. Um, How did it work? How did the merger work? Uh, the Cochran firm approached me at the end of 2018 uh, about coming in with them and so I visited them their headquarters or whatever and they visited me and my partner and we thought it was a good fit um, the Cochran firm just won last week the civil rights law firm of the year and so they do a lot of civil rights nationally and I have been doing a lot of it locally and regionally so I thought it would be a good a good uh, marriage so to speak and yeah. so we decided to, to join forces with them and have some more firepower All right. Like, um, could you name some of the things you've done with um, criminal justice reform and really just social issues and all that? Like, could you name a few things? Well, we've always been about equality and trying to level the playing field, mm-hmm. uh, equity. Uh, I think in 2016, we had the case with Joshua Blunt where he mistakenly left his, um, his child uh, in the car while he worked and they immediately arrested him uh, for second degree murder had him on a $250,000 bond when I think a month earlier a white female had done the same exactly. thing. Yeah. We, we still don't know her name. Uh, she was never plastered all over the media, never had to go to jail or anything. And so she was immediately presumed to be innocent, but he was uh, presumed to be guilty from, from the get-go when mm-hmm. both of them made a, a tragic mistake. And so we were able to get him out of jail on his own recognizance without him paying a dime, and we kept him out of prison. Um, and so we did the case pro bono. So my thing is I don't want young black men and women going down for uh, the same thing that the whites do. I mean, if they can get away with it and people are going to feel sorry for them and give them a second chance or give them the benefit of the doubt, my thing is to fight for our people to give them the benefit of the doubt. And so anything that we can do to uh, level the playing field, as a judge, people with these marijuana charges, the first uh, possession, uh, first offense possession charge, I'm not sending them to jail. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a a free pass in my court my courtroom more than likely um, because I don't think uh, people should go down for marijuana when it's legal in, in much of the United States and so uh, it's no more uh, uh, addictive or deadly than cigarettes and so cigarettes are legal in, in, the, in the state and then marijuana is legal in a, a lot of the parts of the United States so I think we need to decriminalize marijuana and stop sending our folks to jail of little petty crimes if it's non-violent it's not really hurting anybody why are we sending everybody to jail Right. right, because I, I, I know a couple mm-hmm. white friends of mine that was given the opportunity to go to um, rehab instead of getting harsh jail time. Where my black friend, they go through the same thing. And they never get the opportunity to go to rehab. Mm-hmm. They got to go straight to jail. Correct. And I, I, I always found that to be kind of fishy. 
Yeah, it's very fishy. When it comes to us, um, it's always criminalizing and punish us to the full extent of the law. But when white people happen to get hooked on drugs because of opioids, right. it's a public health crisis, and we need to get them some therapy. We need to sue everybody because people are hooked on drugs. But when it's black people, uh, they're going to send you to jail 10 times as long for crack versus cocaine. Uh, anything that they know that the blacks are doing, you're going to jail and you're going to pay a, 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 a dear penalty. But if a white person is doing it, they're going to figure out a way to lessen the, uh, lessen the penalty, or they're going to figure out a way to get you some treatment. Right. We talked about that recently, about um, how... We are inherently just found guilty. Like, you guilty on point of arrest when you're black. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, usually people of other races, white people most of the time, get a benefit of the doubt. Like, we, we, we had a deep conversation about that not too long ago. Um, what are you about to go to? I was going to ask about reparation. Okay, I was going to ask you. Do you feel like black people should ask for reparation? Do you think, or do you think we should just let it go for again reparation? I think we're entitled to reparations. Uh, I'm encouraged that some of the presidential candidates have stated that we should study it. Uh, I think if you study it, I mean, the, st- the results are going to come back that we deserve it. I mean, the Japanese got reparations for being in, in, in the internment camps. Uh, I think Reagan and some of the other ones supported, though, getting reparations. And so why is everyone else deserving, the Jews and the, the right. Japanese? But when it comes to black people, we're just supposed to forgive everybody. I mean, I'm going to forgive you, but I still deserve my, my, my reparations. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Okay, um, yeah, I wanted to get to MDOC. That was my next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the issues with that institution, with the MDOC? Like, what are we working on there? We're working on uh, just a severe um, understaffing and underfunding. The legislature mm-hmm. has um, severely underfunded um, the Department of Corrections, and so they are not able to hire, to hire quality individuals to run the, uh, the prison. And so most guys are not taking the job for the low wages, and so what you have are a lot of females that's taking the jobs in, at, a, at a male maximum security prison. Right. And it's just unheard of. Those women cannot control those guys. Those guys are going to take advantage of them, and they are pretty much, the inmates are running the jail. Um, and the, the facilities are deplorable. I mean, these mm-hmm. people are living in squalor. Uh, no heat, uh, no food and water certain days, no showers for, for weeks. I mean, uh, no running uh, toilets. I mean, sewer everywhere. I mean, it's deplorable third world conditions in Unit 29. So I was happy that the governor announced it's going to be closed down. And uh, I'm hoping that's sooner than later because, I mean, my, my phones are ringing out the hook every day for the past three weeks because the families are so concerned. And I have inmates reaching out to me the best way they can. Uh, personally through email or phone or whatever and then the families are calling so it's deplorable conditions and people are going to continue to die until they get out of 29 I mean 29 is, is not fit for for human consumption of, uh, of people to, to live there and so basically you have the 13th amendment that outlawed slavery but what people don't realize the 13th amendment outlawed slavery except for punishment for a crime and so they treat these people like slaves or worse than slaves in prison and so they have very little rights uh, but the Eighth Amendment still uh, does apply to inmates, and it says that you are not to have uh, cruel and unusual punishment. And what these guys are going through is cruel and unusual. Most and, definitely. And that's the reason for the lawsuits. And without people like you to go up and stand up and have your voice heard for these people, like, we wouldn't know that these people was in bad condition right, like that, yeah. you know. So, you know, um, from earlier last year when – um. It, it was like a couple of rides down there or right, whatnot right. that we had covered or whatnot. And it was people that was saying then, like, the conditions is terrible enough. Yeah. 
and to actually now actually get a little peek into what seeing what really that is crazy. Like you got water everywhere. You I got understand, bro. Yeah, it's you hard. got people that standing on tables and stuff trying to not step in water, and you got people in there that haven't eaten so long. Mm-hmm. Like I can only imagine like being in that situation. Like I probably go crazy. Yeah, and they're having all these so-called suicides, but the conditions are so that. I mean, who wants to live in that? I exactly. Mean, they have drug, driven these people to commit suicide if they are committing suicide. And I think some of it may just be the MDOC trying to uh, hide their hands or whatever. Cover up. Cover up or whatever, because I don't believe uh, all of those are suicides. But you remember this happened in August of 2018. There were 16 deaths in one month. Uh-huh. The only thing different about that was we didn't have video and uh, pictures like we have now mm-hmm. this time around. This time, people actually sent out the videos and the pictures that we can actually see for ourselves what's going on. And the pictures speak speak volumes they're, they're worth a thousand words and so this time we can't deny what's going on in prison we know it's something the mdoc is doing wrong and death and that's the reason for jay-z them getting in funding the lawsuit and that's mm-hmm. the reason for my firm taking the cases that we've taken on because we can see it in, in black and white exactly so when you got people like jay-z yo got it um shout out to andy smith i definitely want to give a big shout out to andy smith because i actually met her in jackson while she was doing her protest or whatnot. Right. And they taking time out to actually say something about an issue that we should have been saying something about. Right. So I definitely want to give a big shout out to them, man. So everybody that's out there that's doing your thing is for um, get, making sure that these people hear the, your voice, making sure that you've been consistent on where you stand as far as um, with this MDOC problem that we have. Man, big shout out to y'all, man, because that's that. For one, I, I heard you say the word pro bono, and like, <laughs> for one, like when where I'm from, like usually when it's pro bono, like it is. It's not always the best. It's not always the best, but I've been seeing you in some situations where you took on a case and you actually went at it like you was getting paid. And that's a big that's a big shout out. I definitely want to give you that because a lot of people wouldn't be in the, in the situation that you're in. A lot of people wouldn't take on them that type of responsibility. And to see a black man actually stand up and put his fist up for the black folk, like I want to give you a shout out because you deserve it. If nothing else, you deserve it. We appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. We got any um, comments or questions? Yeah. Um, we all talking about the, how bad the conditions were. Um, CJ said most will leave with um, prison-related PSTD or mm. PSSD. And, and a lot of people, why don't we um in, why don't we put the PTSD tag on people that's not military? Like, why is that? Like, why, why like, when we, when we have these post-traumatic problems, like, I got friends that watch other people get killed that I feel like got PTSD. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it that we have somebody to that we can go to and they can diagnose us with PTSD? Or is that just a military term? In the civilian world, there's, uh, there's the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, and it should be uh, utilized more often in the civilian world, and especially these inmates. I think a lot of them do have it. Mm-hmm. Our laws are so jacked up when it comes to prisoners. Um, they're treated as three fourths of hum- three fifths of humans, basically. Right. 
uh, it really doesn't recognize you have to have a physical injury and see post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental injury that, they that the law really won't allow them to get compensation for mm. uh, so they have to the cases that we can actually take and get money off of it has to be a death case or a physical injury the law is not really going to allow for us to get a lot of uh, remuneration or damages for somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder so we'll be yeah. advocating for a change in the law but right now as it currently stands uh, it's very hard for a lawyer to take a case and, and get some money or some relief for somebody with if that's the only thing they have is post-traumatic stress disorder. I remember um, reading in the Globe magazine um, about the guy that, I think he was from Winona or something like I mean, Water Valley. The guy that got beat yeah, by the yeah, police by or whatnot. Officer, yeah. mm -hmm. I wanted to ask him about that. And like, I, I seen this in the Globe magazine. Like, this is a tabloid. Like, mm -hmm. this is a tabloid. And... They was talking about him, and he was being represented by Carlos Moore. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's that's how far, like, it's different. Like, it's a little different with yeah. him. Hey, he been yeah. rolling Martin a few times lately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, me, me and Roland, we, we, we friends still now. Rolling. Nah, man, we and Roland, we friends. We friends. <laughs> Go ahead, though. You got yeah. something? Uh, Steve Chesney, man, shout out to him, man. He said, tell Tony Moore to get my email to any more victims uh, from MDOC. Said so you're the best boss in the world. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, we glad to have Steve as our investigator. He's fielded most of the calls, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, since he's been with the firm since January the 2nd. But it's uh, schism at cockconfirm.com. He's the first point of contact at the firm for every, everyone, the family members of the prisoners that's trying to reach out. Uh, you reach Steve Chisholm, it's uh, schism at cockconfirm.com. Oh, we. There it is, Make sure y'all reach out to yes, him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Aside from this this legal talk, let's let's talk about Carlos. Like, what do Carlos like to do outside of being a lawyer? Like, what's Carlos' guilty pleasure? What is what is one of Carlos' <laughs> guilty pleasures? Maybe it might be sitting in the house eating chocolate. What like what, what is your what, what, <laughs> what, what is your what is one of the things that you like to um, well, I do indulge like, in? I do like ice cream. I've tried to cut back in since I've uh, got above forty now. Uh, so <laughs> All I, right. It's a guilty pleasure that I indulge in every now and now and then. Now, um, I like working out. I like traveling. Uh, so uh, I, my job keeps me busy, but my wife and I like to travel, uh, okay. especially in the Caribbean and different things like that. Um, I'm a family man, so I've uh, got a daughter, so I love spending time with her, and she's in third grade now, and so we do a lot of things together. She's a daddy's girl, so yeah. uh, you'll find me spending time uh, with her, whatever she likes to do. That's what's up. Man, I heard you was uh, a Kappa man, right? I am. Yeah, okay. We had a little bit of some drama going on lately with the Kappa, <laughs> <laughs> with the colors in the in the letter. Yeah. Hey, how, you, how you feel about the whole little Boosie wearing the, the Kappa sweater thing? Yeah, I thought Le Boussy, uh was wrong. I mean, if his brother his brother is actually a noob, so he knew uh, yeah. that he shouldn't have the letters on or whatever since he's not a Kappa. Uh, right. I think it highlighted a fraternity. I think it was oh, yeah. the Sigma's day when he when he wrote a shirt. So we got more respect or got more notoriety than the Sigma's did on their own Founders Day. Uh, <laughs> but everybody wants to be a noob, uh, and if he wants to be one, he needs to go to college and, uh, <laughs> and apply. Uh, we don't have honorary members, but we did send correspondence to him that if he wanted to do some public... Uh, service things with us uh, we would happy to do that with them but otherwise if he wants to write the letters he needs to go through the right way well, definitely. that's respectable though yeah like that's that's just like with anything else though like you iron. don't want to rip nothing that you know that you didn't, you, iron, you didn't really. iron it anyway so that just made sense but I was kind of confused on how he got the shirt mm -hmm. he says he went to a store and just saw the colors yeah. and, 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 and like the shirt but uh, he had the 
have known. If his brother knew, I mean, he had to know what he was doing. I he, think he knew better. I think he played a little dumb on the end. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I think yeah. he played a little. Because I'm a little lost as far as like how he obtained yeah. it. Yeah. He I'm said like, he went in the mall and it was there. He just copped it. And, man. It like me good. personally, like if I would have saw it, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have known what it was. Mm. I wouldn't have known like that. But somebody was like, uh, the place that he had got it from or whatatnot, it's, they it's like, a, nah, it is a license uh-huh. vendor. And like, they they tell you when you come in, you feel me? Yeah. And it was like, it was quote unquote, supposed to have been a gift, but it was, he decided to wear it, so. Yeah, read off some of the comments we got. Yeah, we got um, comments and questions. Yeah. Uh, Steve Burke said, man, Carlos Moore for uh, Governor of Mississippi. Oh, thing. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh, is that something you'll take home? Yeah, I'll push it to you. Hold on. Hold on, Tommy. <laughs> hold on. Just hold on hold one on. second. <laughs> but is that something that you'll take home, though? Not in the near future. Right. Um, uh, I think Mississippi still has a lot of growing to do. Yes. I was encouraged that now we are one of the two states that has a majority minority as as far as minors. So the mi- minors in Mississippi, the minorities out uh, outnumber the majority now. So you oh, wow. you add another fifteen years, we'll be voting uh, black. Hopefully, we will have a majority of the uh, state will be African American or minority. And at that point, I may consider. But right now, the demographics are too uh, too uh, are not such that I don't think. Okay. Yeah. But in my lifetime, I think we will get a black governor. No. Okay. Because Phil, I don't know what Phil's doing down there. I don't know where old Tate. Man, they, that old Tater head. Man, I don't I know. They ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. Yeah, we ain't going to do that. <laughs> but, uh, right. what else, what else Whatever you say. Yeah. Uh, CJ Sanoa said, as a, uh, as a clinical. Uh, ooh, we ain't gonna read That's CJ Jones. Yeah, go on read it. CJ Jones. Go on read it, man. He said, as a clinical psychotherapist, P.S. TSD isn't limited to veteran. Any okay. traumatic event that leaves an individual with mental or emotional distress may meet the clinical uh, criteria to be considered a PTSD. Okay, then. All right. Like I said, I never, you know, outside of um, people that's affiliated with the military, like, um, I never seen that tag get hit with nobody else. I ain't never seen nobody who get a check for it. Yeah, exactly. I ain't gonna get now. And you know the thing is, like, we go through some traumatic stuff in the hood. Yes, sir. Like, bro, it's not natural for your lights to be out for a week. Yeah, it's man. not natural for you not to have running water. Mm-hmm. It's not natural. It's not natural to hear gunshots on a regular basis. on a regular basis and just be cool with it. And my mom live on Poplar Street. Now I'm on like 2010. Oh yeah, like on the regular, you heard gunshot, and like then nobody even ducked. Like, they was so stuck. Like, it was, you know what I'm saying? That was down that way. Like, nah, like, it can still hit you. You feel me? Like, ain't nobody budging. We ain't moving. Well, back to Mr. Moore. Have you been in touch with Mr. Tate Reeves with the governor? I have not. Uh, we had planned to send him a letter on behalf of the clients and ask for a meeting. I have been in touch with uh, Kevin Horan, who's our state representative, who's okay, recently man. been appointed. Um, to be chair of the House Corrections Committee. So he's going to have a lot of say-so on on how we correct some of these problems with the Department of Correction and Parchment. So Kevin and I are supposed to meet this week. And so um, since I have a personal relationship with him, I consider him a friend, we are going to meet and and talk about some changes in legislation uh, and and, and better funding. And then there's a black guy that's a senator that's a Democrat that's over the Senate Corrections Committee. So Mm -hmm. we're going to start with uh, Kevin and then the guy that's been appointed in the Senate and try to work from there. But eventually, we will be uh, trying to have an audience with uh, the governor as well. 
like um what are we asking for specifically as a correction to these problems like new facilities or just fixing facilities we in is, is it a private owned prison or is it state no parchment state owned state owned okay. and um they sent several of them to i think over 300 of the inmates went to a, a private facility right after a lot of this happened they're over in uh, Tallahatchie County the, uh, course civic a private jail uh, so we're going to see several of those people I think I'm seeing six people on Thursday over there inmates that were in 29 formerly uh, but we won't take the go ahead and close it down uh, adequately funded uh, just we're not asking for a country club environment we're asking for clean water clean toilets uh, hot showers uh, uh, food that's actually edible uh, exactly and, and food <coughs> on every day water every day adequate supplies get them off the floor uh, right. uh, they sleep on the floors they're overcrowded so you want to we also asking for the ones that's eligible for parole to go ahead and parole them the one problem with the with the prison is it's overcrowded it's mm-hmm. too many people in there for the uh, amount of beds they have so if it's overcrowded either uh, go ahead and put them on parole or the governor could actually pardon some of them or he could actually commute their sentences and, and go ahead and say you get credit for the time served you can serve the rest of your time at house arrest or uh, you've done. You've paid enough time. You, you've met your debt to society. We can go ahead and release you. You know, when Haley Barber left office, he commuted uh, and pardoned yeah, a whole bunch of people. Right. So <laughs> Tate needs to take some authority. He has the authority as governor to go ahead and uh, rectify a lot of this by the stroke of a pen. He can let a lot of them out, especially mm-hmm. the nonviolent people. Knowing several inmates in Mississippi, a lot of them, uh, when they do get their uh, their parole notices, it take them months and months, maybe sometimes years, mm-hmm. to get released. Hmm. Like is that is that a problem that y'all fighting for? Too? Yeah, we want to have uh, a quicker process for parole. So we don't think while parole is good, and we wish the parole board would go ahead and parole those that's that's eligible. We think that process is too slow for what we're living in or the current conditions we got now. I think it's going to be incumbent upon Tate Reeves to take some action uh, to get to resolve some of this with a stroke of a pen. He can let several of them out. I mean, several of them have had served 50% of their sentences already or 85% of their sentences, 75%, go ahead and let them out um, over the stroke of a pen, and then you get the population down to a manageable size. If you know, I think the last figures I heard, you, it's, they're staffing at 24% of what it's supposed to be. Oh. So you've got a 76% shortage. There's no way, uh, even if you put these people in a, in a private prison, you're not going to have enough staffing right now to, to staff all those people. So let some of them out. And then the majority of the staff make them below $20,000. Correct. And so if they're doing that to make some extra money, they're going to have their, their side hustle and they're doing things for the gang members. So right. They're bringing, exactly. they bringing in the contraband. They're opening up the sales for whatever. And that's doing. becoming a major problem mm-hmm. now because it's like they're not scared of the repercussions that come with that no mm-hmm. more. Like I remember a time where um, you you heard about a um, one of the CEO getting caught with a with a um cell phone with some food or anything. It was they got jail time. Thing, yeah, and like it's like now nah, they don't even care. Like you know, I'm Everybody still gonna give home. it a try. Yeah, like, the shortage is so bad. So if you arrest the CEO, I mean, who, yeah, who, who gonna, gonna be left? Right? Exactly. Like to watch the prison, exactly. So they let them get away with it. Well. So do you think that um maybe working for the jail? could actually be a part of um, the solution lately. Like some of the people that um, get out of jail, like one of the main things is um, finding a place to work at. Like the the places that we just take for granted, like Walmart and, and McDonald's and all these places, like they, can, they can't even get those jobs. So do you think that maybe the, um, the government, you can work a way to uh, re- re- rehabilitate these people and then give them a job as a CEO 
and have them work there. That's too tough. It's going to be. Yeah, it's kind of tough. If, but they, if they properly rehabilitate it, they could probably get any job. But the problem is it's going to take a while. After all these things the guys have experienced, it's going to take a lot of training plus some psychological treatment. I mean, they have been living in nightmarish conditions. I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, I don't believe in suicide, but I do believe that the conditions have been so bad that people would rather die than live. I'm telling you, listen, I would much rather, I just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just couldn't go to jail. I ain't, that's why I was an upstanding citizen. I walked straight and narrow. I'm not going to jail for now. One of y'all understand it because it is just, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's like walking in hell for real. Yeah. Uh, what um what other cases? What other kind of things are you working on right now? So we got the prison cases. Uh, we have, and that's taking a lot of our time now. But we have a standard um, medical malpractice cases. We mm-hmm. have uh, eighteen wheeler cases, car wrecks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, the big public interest cases we have, right, and I have several police brutality cases. I'm still doing excessive force cases. Um, I bet police officers so, can. They don't they like to see you come. Up, <laughs> they did not like to see you come. So yeah, I mean, and I have uh, great respect for officers, but my thing is to root out the and, and hold accountable the bad officers. That's right. And you so, think they you, shouldn't hate to see you come? Do you think police officers should go through a new standard of training? I think they do need some sensitivity training. I think they need to know how to de-escalate. And I really think they know how to do it. It's just when it comes to us, they don't. They do don't it. do yeah, it. They yeah. do. It. They successfully arrest white people all the time. So when it comes to us, uh, in their minds, for a large part, we're still three-fifths of a human, and they just treat us like uh, uh, like animals. Oh, and so, But they know how to do it the right way because they have demonstrated time and time again they can do it the right way. Uh, and so they just need to apply it equal, uh, equally across the board. Just when it comes to us, treat us just like they would a white person. Yeah, but uh, if, it's, if it's any kind of way people want to get in touch with you or any kind of things they need handled, how could they get in touch with you? Personally. They can call the office at 662-227-9940. That's the office number. We also can be found at www.cochranfirm.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. It's all under my name pretty much, Carlos Moore, or Judge mm-hmm. Carlos Moore, or something like that. Okay, man. Okay, you got anything else you want to add? Yeah, of course. I want to I wanna tell you, like I tell you all, how to get coming on writing a book. It's called 50 Man Laws. Oh, yeah, the man law. And law. basically, um, it's 50 laws that... I feel like all men should know before they call themselves a man. So, what is a tip that you would give the fellow men that's on Facebook right now? A, a manly tip for the men out there from the one known call of more. What is the tip that you would give us? Stay true to. I'm gonna say stay true to the game. When you get in a position to help others, uh, do it. Uh, don't be afraid to lift a uh, lift a hand uh, back to lift a, to lift a brother up. When you, I admire uh, LeBron James, I admire Colin Kaepernick, uh, people like that that have spoken up for uh, the people. When they got big, they did not forget about where they came from. And okay. so uh, any position that I get, I try to use it as a, uh, as a, uh, a megaphone to highlight some of the issues in our community and try to make a difference. My first day on the bench, I took away the flag from my courtroom, the state flag. While I lost the case uh, in court, when I became a judge, I was not going to allow the state flag to stand in my courtroom because right. I was now in authority. And as soon as I got authority, that was my first act to take it out of my courtroom. Nobody could make me have that in my courtroom. And so when you get in a position when you can change things, you change what you can. And so uh, I respect uh, Colin 
uh, for kneeling and, and standing up for the people that's been brutalized. He personally had been brutalized by the police, but he said it was not acceptable for his brothers to be. So my thing is to stand, have a um, the intestinal fortitude to take a stand. Don't be mm. so coward. Don't be a coward. Uh, have the I, I want to say something else, but yeah. have that testing of fortitude to take a stand. Oh, that's that's fortitude. To. Yeah, I like that. Now, bro. I like it. <laughs> man, that is, man. Listen, man. I'm sorry to fire, man. We're going to get right back with y'all. Right back.